0: Hello, I'm Bill DeMay, Vice Chair of Communications with the D.C. Young Republicans, and you're listening to The District Download. Good evening, and you're listening to the D.C. Young Republicans' official podcast, The District Download. I'm your host for tonight, Bill DeMay. I'm the Vice Chair of Communications for the D.C. Young Republicans. And joined tonight, I have with me Hannah King, our very own Vice Chair of Events. And I also have Michael Ambrose, our friend from across the river, over with the Arlington Falls Church Young Republicans. Good to have you both here tonight.
1: Thanks for having us, Bill.
0: Great. Yeah, so we've got a great conversation lined up tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about small businesses, just kind of talk about the environment thereof here in D.C., but also nationally. Uh, And before we start, I just wanted to do a few housekeepings. Um, just want to share tonight that the views shared during this episode are our own personal views and do not in any way, shape, or form reflect the views of our representative employers or young Republicans chapters. This is a free exchange of ideas and topics as this is a, po- a podcast produced, curated, and made by young Republicans for young Republicans. Um, so not to sh- hog the spotlight too much, I just want to give a quick uh biography for each of you. So Hannah King joining us tonight. Uh, She's currently employed at the US House of Representatives and works as a legislative assistant and press assistant for a member. Uh, She's a Tennessee native and a graduate of King University. Um, And Mike joining us tonight, he works for National Trade Association representing restaurants as a public affairs professional uh, he previously used to work at the House of Representatives as a professional staffer. And also a thing Mike and I actually have in common uh, is, is that we both went through the Home Depot's government relations internship program as we were getting our starts here in D.C. Uh, so shout out to the folks at the government relations office down at Home Depot. Miss you guys dearly. And-
1: I, I, I miss all the orange stacks we used to get. The the Cheetos, the... Cheetahs, the- Starbursts, the sun-kissed soda, the Doritos, everything orange.
0: And those wall of appliances too. I've never seen that yeah, many appliances. I, I, I did
1: not enjoy having to assemble grills and snowblowers and uh, fins uh, for, for their little front office display. That was not, not my strong suit. I was... I was not made to be a real Home
0: Depot. (laughs) Shout out Home Depot there. Uh, And Mike also too is a graduate of the College of William & Mary. Uh, So I'll just pass it over to uh, Hannah if you have any other further introductions you'd like to add before we get started. And I'll pass it over to you, Mike.
2: No, just happy to be here to um, talk with you all about small businesses. My parents are small business owners. And um, ever since the start of the pandemic and talking about shutdowns and restrictions and what that means, it's something that, have been very familiar with and, um, definitely seen so much hurt and, um, the government really struggling, um, it at the local level, especially with how to, um, handle that. It's so really happy to talk um, with you all about that and get into it.
0: Awesome. Turning it over to you, Mike.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks. It's great to be on. Uh, hello to all the DCYRs uh, listening. Hope we can see you guys, uh, in person again in the uh, not too distant future. Appreciate the opportunity to, to be on and talk about um, the struggles that our nation's small businesses are going through and the, the, the best ways that, that we can help them.
0: Perfect. Great. So let's just jump right on into it. Uh, This year has definitely been a year for the record books. Uh, COVID-19 shutdowns or related shutdowns have really impacted nearly every community across the country and especially here in the District of Columbia. Um, For most of us, we're all residents here in the District of Columbia. Uh, And just to kind of go back a little bit from the beginning of the year to now. Uh, what have those shutdowns looked like from March to now, just based on what you've been seeing as somebody who's a resident in a city that has a lot of small businesses, uh, whether it be restaurants or stores or, or front office shops?
2: Okay. Um, yeah. So, along with most of the country in DC, um, DC's kind of followed that pattern of at first we shut down very restrictive. And um, over time, we've slowly reopened um, as cases did get a little better, but now we're starting to get back into those restrictions. And D.C., um, of course, has um, gone um, very aggressive on the restrictions, trying to um, do every possible thing that they can to stop the spread. Um, But, um, of course, those are um, alarming, and um, some some of the things that they've done have been um, seemingly not following the science and um, not fairly distributed. So um, I know something that DC I think um, is uniquely facing is that um, so many people um, as we've shifted to telework um, so many people just stopped and went home. And so I think that um, also our small businesses um, are facing just a lack of consumers um, at the moment as well in addition to these restrictions um so there's just less people in the city and i know a lot of people have been told even that they're working um from home indefinitely so um i think that's um a unique unique issue to dc that um, dc's facing
0: yeah i'll add to that i i forget the percentage of folks in the district of columbia that are are able to telework as members of the federal government's workforce but i think that number is it's a staggering number. And a lot of, for folks listening outside the DMV, a lot of the federal government's workforce lives and works here in DC. So when you have a lot of those folks teleworking from outside the district of Columbia, especially it impacts businesses. So I wanted to add that, uh, if we find the the percentage or the number, uh, I'll definitely plug that in, but Mike, uh, same question to you. What's changed from March to now
1: from Europe. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the first, Few weeks of it was kind of just uh, a sense of uh, I think shell shock for a lot of people not something that we were at all expecting it seems like you know every few years there's some you know, strain of the flu or some other disease that you know has the potential to be bad but never really is so I don't think people took it seriously in um, February and early March and then the you know uh, during the the stay-at-home orders that was a uh, quite a a unique unprecedented ordeal to to tackle what uh, Hannah said about a lot of people going home especially you know because DC has so many young people people who don't necessarily have you know roots in the city who have other places that they can go home to I think that that definitely had an impact Uh, I was talking to the guy who runs the uh, little convenience store that's in my apartment building and Yeah, I was asking him how business was, assuming that it would be good since people couldn't leave the building and would go to him for all their, you know, food and um, you know, basic necessities. But he said no, it's it's way down because you know all all the young people left, and I I was one of those people. Spent a lot of time back home in Chicago with my family, and I think uh, on the the handful of times that I have gone back to, you know, cross the river from courthouse into into the district, you know, just a mile or two away, it really has felt like a, a ghost town because you have all, uh, <clears throat> all the federal offices closed. All of the your industries that uh, are related to the federal government are going to be teleworking probably, and we um, say well until you know, well into next year until there's you know, a widely distributed vaccine or so. And you see all the all the businesses that you know, re- rely on that. Um, that workforce have been shuttered a lot of them you know uh even last month still had the uh, plywood up and in, in front of their doors and i think that the unrest that we had over the summer would just cause things to go from uh really bad to worse and uh, uh, untenable for a lot of a lot of businesses in the district
0: yeah i completely agree and even with my my neighborhood a lot of restaurants were holding their breath being thinking to themselves how are they going to survive especially in march when things were still cold and we hadn't built out those outdoor dining facilities that you're seeing with the streeteries that hadn't been even developed until really the summer so i mean of course when I was living down in DC, I'm actually home now with my family for the holidays. But for the majority of the year, I would try to find ways of supporting my folks uh, in my neighborhood, whether it be through Uber Eats or ordering every now and then, whether it be just simply a pizza or some sushi, or even the local bodegas that were relying on that clientele to come in and brave the storm, if you will, to, um, to purchase their products, because they need to have that that ability to keep moving merchandise off their shelves, which helps in turn pay for their bills. So kind of, again, focusing more again back on DC, let's talk a little bit about the double standards on the restrictions we're seeing in DC. Um, To me, it seems that the mayor is pretty much using the authority of her pen to demarcate what's acceptable, what's not acceptable when it comes to small businesses. And I think the small business community in D.C. for sure is feeling the hurt and feeling the burn, um, not to quote Bernie Sanders's uh, slogan or anything like that. But so with Mayor Bowser's extension of her order um, over the holidays, which is really a big uptick for people who are looking to order gifts, order food, order meals, what are you seeing? And what are some of your thoughts? And it could be either D.C. or it could be your respective towns if you've moved back for the holidays or even leading up to before you left. Kind of what, what were some of the things you were seeing? What are some of your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's just uh, a sense of fatigue on everybody's part. Um, you know, having thought that the that the worst of it was over and now that there were going back to a more mild form but uh of it but still a lot of restrictions that we had in the spring. and it just seems that there really hasn't haven't been many lessons learned um for about, but by government officials about the impact that you know telling people that, that they have to stay home and can't really leave the house and uh, that they haven't really thought through the impact that that has uh, uh on businesses and yeah they, they they've done some things like you were saying, the uh, expansion of uh, you know, outdoor dining, um, allowing for alcohol to go, uh, food delivery, which well, uh, all of that's great, but it's not going to make up for having actual you know, customers come into uh, your, your store or, or your restaurant. So it's, uh, it, it's a frustrating time. And um, I think there was some optimism in the summer and uh, that's kind of turned to um, a, a little more sense of melancholy now and ho- hopefully there'll be a new wave of that after w- w- what happened uh yesterday with the, uh, the federal government finally taking some action but it's uh, st- still not across the finish line
2: yeah i think especially with these new restrictions um we've seen in the last few weeks them going from 50% indoor dining capacity to 25% and if you think about um and that includes the um restaurant workers so by the time you have um, enough employees to cover pulling off dinner, the amount of customers you have, like you may not even be turning enough profit. It's almost not worth it to, to do that for, for many folks. So, And then now that we've gone into indoor dining, I was most upset at hearing that um, Mayor Bowser uh, had um, given funding to these restaurants to winterize their outdoor dining or um, for whatever reasons they need. And then now they've redefined a lot of those tents that we've seen gone up. Um, those will count as indoor dining, as I understand it, um, because they've redefined it to anything with two walls. So it's just a slap in the face at every, every they're trying very hard um, and trying to comply as best they can, but just keep putting those restrictions back on them in ways that um, make it pretty much impossible to keep your business afloat.
1: Yeah, and the, 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 that's a thing to echo Hannah's point. You know just all, all the restrictions that they have to comply with that are constantly being changed that are you know often poorly written. Uh we we see that a lot around the country with outdoor dining. And you know they'll say, oh well the, the structure could only have you know two walls or so. So if it's a tent it has to be open on two sides. Uh so that that, that doesn't really value anything. And I think there's a sense among, a. A lot of people, uh, you know, with respect to Mayor Bowser, she's, you know, I, I think, d- doing the best she can throughout this. But th- there is a, a sense of hypocrisy and a double standard when she is breaking her own rules and allowing exceptions for, you know, p- politicians and p- people uh, that, that she knows, but then um, enforcing uh, you know, strictly these uh, m- mandates on on small businesses that, you know, you you might have. Uh, patrons come in without a mask and that's not the the restaurant's fault the you know but they they they're going to help with fines and uh you know put penalties
0: and for really a good business climate to exist you need stability right? Especially when you're in the middle of an emergency such as the coronavirus has brought before us. And the last thing small businesses, restaurants, shops, and everything like that need is local municipal or state government, or in DC's case, uh, territorial government, um, the way it's set up, pulling the rug underneath these business owners. I don't think it helps anybody. And regardless if you're a Republican or Democrat, or regardless even who you voted for in the most recent election, uh, it just doesn't do any favors for anybody. Mm -hmm. and and so I want to transition next to our our next talking point so with these restrictions coming back um thankfully some of the there's more relief on the way when it comes to recent congressional action which I think both of you could definitely speak to um if you've been paying attention to the news uh like probably most of us have but how far does that go and how long is that sustainable um Hannah I'll kick it to you
2: yeah so um I think we all know that this relief that just came is way overdue. It's been um, so the PPP that kept um, a lot of these small businesses afloat was a lifeline for them at the start of the shutdown. Um, That account expired early August. And it's just been simply that Congress extend the deadline and we can't come together enough just to, just to do that. And that's something the Republicans were pushing for. They were trying to go around Pelosi. um, But um, just glad that that finally got through. Um, definitely will take the edge off for a lot of folks. Um, I know they've repurposed that, and especially for businesses that have been hardest hit. Um, we'll hopefully get hopefully get another round of that. Um, no, it's definitely a concern for how long that's sustainable. Like we can't still be operating at what restrictions would have been reasonable. Uh, with us thinking that this is only two weeks, we're this far in, um, there's a lot more factors involved. It's definitely not sustainable. I'm sure Um, Mike can speak a little more to um, what restaurants are feeling right now and uh, small businesses.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I remember in the first couple weeks of this, I'd be hearing from all sorts of members who, uh, some of whom I had relationships with, some of whom I'd never heard from and just got my you know, name through somebody, and we're you know looking for anybody that they can talk to, and you know they they said I, I can't make it two weeks, and now we've been at what like nine months or so, and for for restaurants they have razor thin profit margins. You know, in good times with a hundred percent of your seats filled, uh, you you're making you're know, making making maybe three to five percent uh, profit, and now yeah. you know but. It, yeah, when you're at 25% capacity or no indoor dining, it's really just uh, untenable. And uh, I think the the, the new uh, wave of PPP is uh, definitely helpful. I think it's not a perfect program, but it, it did help a, a lot of people in the in the spring and summer. And uh, I'm glad to see that uh, Congress um, made some changes, made the application process easier, and hopefully. Some folks who didn't get it will be able to uh, benefit from the, this round of it, and they've also uh, changed some of it because there was a big concern that they're going to be hit with massive tax liability for for, um, for the grants, and I, I I believe that that's been taken care of. So that that's a good thing. But you know, if uh, you you look at uh, surveys done of uh, of restaurant owners, they you know they're saying that about you know. I think it's forty in the high forty percent. Don't think that they can survive another couple months. Uh, you, you know the ho- holidays are usually a good time. That that's not the case now. January through you know, March are usually the the slowest periods, and that that will be um, you know uh, amplified uh, greatly uh, the, the, this time around. And to 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 go back to what we were saying earlier about the, the need for certainty for for these businesses. Um, Yeah, well, it's incredibly difficult for uh, a small business owner to, you know, to to open back up if they think that they're going to be closed again. There's not an on and off switch that these businesses have. Uh, A a lot of times in states around the countries, when they say, "Okay, we're going to be closed from you know March fifteenth, you know, till till end of March," and then they order order a bunch of supplies or food or you know, uh, re- restock their inventory and then, oh, yeah, they're, they're, it's going to be extended. And for the people who have had to close their doors, it's, you know, I think close to 200,000 small businesses that we've lost uh, over 100,000 uh, uh, of them restaurants. And you know, over half of those people don't think that they'll ever go into the industry again. And I I, I can't blame them if they're, if, because this is something that's always going to be hanging over their heads, even if you know, COVID goes away, there there's going to be the fears that you know, well, the the government could shut us down again next time something like this uh, comes along.
2: Yeah, and I definitely think it's correlated to to the shutdowns. Um, I'm not sure what the statistic is for D.C., but I heard that um, one third of businesses, small businesses in New York have um, shut down completely. Um, So um, I definitely, they're Like everyone's hurting right now, but the government um, putting those restrictions and not not working with them is definitely leading to more hardship.
0: For sure. And especially too, when you've got restaurants that are operating on the margins already um, based on various different things. Um, And even if you watch shows like uh, Bar Rescue, which is a favorite of mine, there's a science to Nearly all of this stuff. So going back to to what Mike you were mentioning, you know, with restaurant capacity and bringing people in, there's a science to arranging a bar to maximize certain profits, and especially with how you pour drinks, what type of food you serve, and everything like that. There's a science to that, and definitely COVID and these shutdowns and these restrictions have thrown that science out the window. Of people have had to adjust, and people have had to adapt quickly and on the move, and especially too, you know, looking at the the restrictions we're seeing, certain sectors of the economy are are especially not doing well, Um, especially here in D.C. when it comes to tourism and the nightlife. You just have to look at popville which is a popular um, blog here in the city with news of restaurants shutting down such as con mother on u street and a whole bunch of other places too and i know we'll get to that in just a second but i wanted to raise just to you know based on your various capacities just looking more broadly with the different sectors that you're seeing take a hit is there anything we're missing so we've talked a little bit about restaurants we're talking about small businesses are there other sectors of the economy that you're seeing um just take a that we haven't mentioned already
1: yeah i would say that you know uh, bars have it even worse than restaurants um, at least restaurants can offer you know some some carry-out business and they're technically letting bars do that but nobody's gonna really you know, order just a, a bud light to go for, from a bar when they can get it you know a, a case for, from the grocery store uh live event venues you know DC's got a got a lot of got a lot of great uh places to listen to, to live music and those uh, that, those have been impacted uh, tr- tremendously uh, tr- dry cleaners, you know, if people aren't going into the office, they, they don't have to, to to get their work clothes uh, cleaned, just uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, the places are, are being impacted. Um, and it's, it's just tragic to see.
2: Yeah, just to echo what Mike said, um, it's this has just changed our entire way of living so obviously certain sectors have taken a hit entertainment and it's just we you weigh things out like so many things you do just for the experience so not going to necessarily pay for um to live stream the opera uh, rather than um it's you go to the opera so Um, And a lot of them have been very creative in trying to find ways to engage people. But um, obviously this has hit pretty much every industry out there.
0: And credit to those two also who have, have been creative with this entire year with, as you said, you know, people being creative with how they're able to do their seating as well as bring live entertainment. But again, it's, it's just different when you look at it and it's, Going to a concert is going to be a lot different than listening to it on an album at your house. And I think there have been, if you look at it, America is an entrepreneurial country. We always have been in that entrepreneurial spirit, no matter what a local state or federal government says you can or can't do, they're going to always be um looking at how they can make life better for themselves and how they're able to succeed given the circumstances so going a little bit now from more of the morose negative side of things let's let's look at the positives uh the coming up. we have we're just on the precipice of a brand new year Uh, so new year, new me, maybe things get better. So let's just take a a moment to think of what have been some of our favorite restaurants that we've visited during the pandemic or that we've ordered from from the pandemic. What have been for you guys, some of the lifelines here in DC that you've really benefit from that you may want to give a hat tip to.
2: Yeah, I'd say as a Hill staffer, the, we took the death of Cap Lounge pretty hard, but, um, like we definitely were going there pretty much every week, trying to do our best to keep them afloat. But uh, from that, we've had to explore around the hill a little more, and we have found refuge in Tally Thai. Um, huge shout out to them! They are so kind and always great service there. Um, and you wouldn't think that that'd be um, a place to go hang out with your coworkers after work. I'd always just gotten carry out from there. Great food as well. Um, but it's turned into the spot to be on a Thursday, Friday night. Um, so that's our discovery.
1: Yeah, no, <clears throat> I must admit I, I've been guilty of not doing a, a, enough to support the, the 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 DC businesses. I've been mainly sticking around my my neighborhood in a Clarendon Courthouse and g- going over to uh, Georgetown for, from time to time. And you know, I, I think what one nice thing to come from from being at home and not having places to go is that you know you do have m- more money in your pocket uh if you're fortunate enough to still uh, ha- have your job and so i've been trying to make sure that i you know spend more than i would before on um you know eating out or if there's some little thing i need from amazon i'll i'll uh try, try to go to the uh, you know, uh a local store that that has it or find somewhere online mm-hmm. where i can Patronize a, a a small business. A couple of places that I want to just give a shout out to that some of the listeners might um, be familiar with that have that done a great job during the, the pandemic are um, Ragtime in uh, in Courthouse. That that's been a favorite of mine. Um, courthouse Social. They, they they've been great. Uh, Ombar and Clarendon. They've got a location in uh, D.C. Of course. They um, they're known for having you know great um, you know, unlimited uh, tapas and all, all you can eat, and it's usually a, a fun, fun place to go for brunch. But they they've shifted over to doing a, a really a good carryout business too, and having um, you know, some online uh, wine seminars, and ju- ju- just finding ways to stay stay engaged with the community. And they the, they've been doing a, a great job, and are, are very worthy of your support.
0: Yeah, shout out to our friends across the river over there in Arlington Courthouse and Falls Church. Of course, this being a D.C.-centric par- podcast, we won't be impartial to our friends across the river. So a hat tip to all those that you just outlined there, Mike. So we want to support you just like we do with our D.C. businesses. Um, for me, I know you both probably have had COVID birthdays, same as me. Um, this past year, since we're on the 10th month now of the quarantine and the shutdowns and restrictions. But my birthday was fairly early in the pandemic in April. So when things hadn't really reopened to phase two in DC, so I was relying a little bit on obviously Instacart uh, for, for deliveries and everything like that. But to treat myself for a nice birthday dinner, I went all out and had a nice seafood dinner from uh, Old Ebbett. So hat tip, Old Ebbett. If you haven't been, uh, definitely go or order from them. They're a fantastic DC establishment and really a legacy establishment. And I had a nice king crab, Alaskan king crab roll, which is phenomenal. Shrimp cocktail. That's one thing I'll say that has been a plus side for the pandemic is the um, flexibility of allowing alcohol purchases via delivery. Uh, I didn't realize how much fun it would be to put together my Moscow meal when I got my dinner order on my birthday. So again, hat tip to the old Ebbett Grill in downtown DC. So Mike, I want to turn this next question to you. Um, What are some of the top three or five things the business community needs at this moment in time? And what are some of the ways that maybe we or our listeners here on the podcast in our respective roles have a way in supporting these small businesses?
1: Yeah. um, I'd say the, the, the number one thing, of course, shouldn't be a surprise is direct assistance that can really just come from uh, the the federal government you know we we, we saw the, the the bill passed yesterday hopefully it's signed and um, like, like I said it, it's not a bad deal uh, but there needs to be more I, I don't want to say it's too little too late but it is a lot later than it should be a lot of these provisions of the bill were pr- proposed m- many months ago and um, and very frustrating that it got uh, got held off this long but there's more that the the federal government uh, needs to do and uh beyond just small business uh, loans and grants um, liability protection is a is a massive thing you know if if uh, trial lawyers are going to be able to file you know often frivolous lawsuits um uh, against uh, you know uh, restaurants and retail places then it would be very hard for for them to reopen if they always have that fear of litigation um dangling over their head and uh, a lot of states have taken action but i think we we do need something uh at the federal level um what what states can do is to continue to provide um you know, re- relief from uh, you know so sales tax holidays uh d- deferral um you know hold off on collecting um so some of the myriad of fees that they impose on small business, but that that's going to be tough because obviously, government well, states and localities have seen their um, you know, coffers dwindle quite a bit. So they they're going to be looking for any way they can to to, to make up uh, make up revenue. Second thing that uh, that they need is certainty. To just go back to what I was saying before, um, the governments need to be more transparent about of the metrics that they're using to inform their decisions and give as much notice as possible if there are gonna be new ones. Uh, oftentimes when there's a capacity reduction or a stay at home order, it'll go into effect immediately or it'll be announced on a Friday night and take take effect on, on a Monday. And that's just not not enough time for pe- people to uh, prepare and to um, adjust their their, their business uh, accordingly. And uh, ho- hopefully we, we'd see a lot of, uh, politicians realize that the yeah, draconian shutdowns are not the way to go and to uh, put, pledge not to uh not, not to pursue that route in the future and you know focus on other things like making sure that hospital capacity is expanded as much as it can be and the 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 third uh final thing i'd say is just uh c- consumer confidence and su- support of customers uh a lot of people's habits have changed during the past nine months uh, quite a bit people um you know i think have gotten used to staying at home and ordering you know food delivered or going to amazon for a package and even when this is all over which hopefully it will be soon i think there's going to be a lot of people who just you know fall into that routine and you know oh okay maybe i don't need to go out as much as i did before or you know maybe i don't need to go to the mall to to to, to shop and you know, window shop at five, five places w- w- when I just need w- one or two things, and I, I think that will be um, just incredibly devastating to the country if that's people's mindset. So, you know, go, go out, uh, spend your money, um, to, uh, to go out and socialize safely. You know, of, of course, to t- take all the uh, appropriate measures and precautions, but. Um, you know, I, I, as, as soon as it's safe, don't stay at home. Go, go out and so support all the uh, businesses and uh, you know, entrepreneurs who make this country great.
0: Great. Hannah, anything you'd like to add?
2: No, definitely. Um, Mike's right on the point with um, the main thing they need is relief and um, people coming, coming out and then being able to serve them and um, um, to meet all of their um, consumers. Um, but definitely the liability protections is a big issue because, um, I'm already starting to see, um, ads where it's like, have you been, um, like exposed to blah, blah, blah. Um, it's definitely something that I think, uh, we need to get dealt with soon. Hopefully, um, we'll see that, um, early next year. Um, and, um, yeah, definitely everyone go out and support small businesses when you can.
0: Well, I know I've supported small business since I've been back home here uh, in Connecticut and same down in D.C. And I I plan definitely not to let that up, um, especially too with the new year before us. Um, So we're nearly at end of time of this recording. So Hannah, Mike, anything you'd like to add? Um, Mike, I'll start with you.
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, It's been great chatting with you guys. Good uh, good to catch up. And one thing I do want to plug is a greater organization that I've been involved with uh, for the the, the past number of months called the Virginia 30-Day Fund. And uh, it's uh, started by a a friend of mine who is a tech entrepreneur, who's a successful guy, and he's throughout his whole career, he's been, been all about paying it forward and supporting small business. And so it made perfect sense that he would be the guy to start this fund that so far has provided, I think, uh, so over eight million dollars to about uh, I think over two thousand uh, small businesses. It's called the 30-day fund because it started back when we thought, you know, okay, it was two weeks to slow the spread, and you know maybe a couple of weeks after, and you know the, 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 this will help them get, get through that with just small forgivable loans. And it's obviously to get gone on a, a, a lot further than that, but we've been able to. H- help uh, a lot of people and you know it's uh, three thousand dollar loans that they do which d- doesn't sound like much but it, it really can be the, the difference between the life or death for a lot of these businesses you know uh, but literally help them keep their lights on a lot of them are uh, behind in utilities and rent or you know one of them that i went through 50 applications just yesterday and what one of them was talking about how you know we ask how will you gauge the effectiveness of the, of this grant and they say we, we We'll be able to have heat in our office again because they they, they've had it shut off, and so yeah, that's uh, in a time when you've often know, or I at least have felt very powerless to 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 stop this. It's a pandemic that we don't really have a a ton of control over. It's been nice to be able to to do something tangible. So if you if you want to donate, go to VA thirty fund. 30dayfund.com. They they also have it in a number of other states now. They've expanded to New Jersey, um, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, uh, Arkansas, I I believe a couple others. And uh, just recently they partnered with Barstool Sports, which I I'm sure a, a lot of you are familiar with and that they, they're hoping to raise uh, several million dollars that that way I think the goal is 10 million and they're they're well on their way there so you can go to barstoolsports.com and the, they've got a, a link to the barstool fund there so please you know um give, give what, whatever you can you know it, it, even if it's just a few dollars it, it really does make a difference to to these people who who are struggling.
0: Great! Thank you so much for plugging that again for our friends over in Virginia. That's the Virginia Dirty Day Fund. Uh, please check them out on their website uh, to learn more. So, Hannah, any last uh, thoughts as we wrap up this episode?
2: Yeah, I would just add that um, these larger um, things that they're needing the. Um, direct relief and liability protections. That all is why the um, Senate race is gonna be so important um, down in Georgia and everyone's got um, the eye on it. Um, definitely wanna keep um, control of the Senate so that um, we can keep our Republicans fighting for small businesses and those protections.
1: Yeah, but that's thing to contact, contact your lawmakers at, at all levels, your senators, your congressmen, your city councilors. Um, uh, everybody, and just tell them that they they need to find ways to support small business, and that they um, you know should, should should be doing more to help out the, the 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 backbone of our communities.
0: Couldn't have said it better, guys. Again, you know we've got a very important election coming up on January fifth uh, down in Georgia. Please make sure that you are involved with either your local, state, or national chapters. Um, we're going to be going down to Georgia down at the end of this month. So if you haven't signed up or found a way to support our friends down on the ground, like our esteemed chairman, Robert Sinners, please keep Georgia on your mind. We're near the finish line. This election season is not over. So again, thank you so much to Mike and Hannah for joining us this evening. I think we had a phenomenal discussion. I definitely learned a lot. Uh, But now I want to give it over to our listeners who are tuning in. Uh, We would love to interview small business owners. And bring small business owners or employees onto the show to talk a little bit about what the year was like, as well as looking at the year ahead. So, please feel free to engage with us on our Facebook page, our Instagram page, or Twitter. Uh, DM us uh, a recommendation you have. We want to hear them and we want to bring them onto this show to highlight them and interview them about how their year was, as well as looking forward. Um, if you have any assistance funds, like Mike had mentioned on this episode, please share them with us. We'll make sure that the plug them not only on our uh, social media pages, but also and look to interview them, uh, maybe in potential future episodes. And with the new year coming up, please continue to support your small businesses. I know that's a new year's resolution of mine, same as likely Mike and Hannah's right now. So make sure you're supporting your small businesses out there. Uh, they could really use it, especially during these colder months. And again, if you have any topics or suggestions, please feel free to engage with us on social media. We want to hear them. Uh, and you could visit us at our website at dcyrs.gov uh, to check us out. Uh, to engage with us further. So again, thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you so much, Mike, for your time this evening. Uh, We look forward to seeing you come the new year. On behalf of the DC Young Republican Executive Board, we thank you for listening to the district download. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and share this episode with your friends. The district download is currently available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and
2: wherever else you may listen to podcasts.